attention, attention all personnel. It's MASHCAST. Hello and welcome to MASHCAST, the show that analyzes and celebrates, episode by episode, the greatest TV series of all time, MASH, which aired on CBS from 1972 to 1983, proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corporal Captain Rob Kelly, and joining us in the VIP tent this week, returning guest, Brigadier General Nicholas Prom. Hi, Nicholas. Oh, hi, Rob. I'm, I'm going up in the ranks, yeah, I see. That's wow. right. I don't know what's higher than Brigadier General. I think there must be, I think Five Star General is higher than that, Something. but I don't, Brigadier's I pretty high. Well, when you come back for season three, we'll make you like a Five Star General, and that'll be it. Like, you don't want anything <laughs> past that. We'll, we'll, we'll figure well, out some medals we can get you. By the time we get to Farewell, Amen, and Goodbye, or whatever. Oh, man, yeah. You're going to have to be president of the united states or something so okay yeah. uh well anyway well, for nicholas prom yeah uh, <laughs> so anyway of, of course uh you've been on the show before so we know your personal history with mash the series so we can get right to this episode uh which is uh, season two of course episode 11 carry on hawkeye the original air date was november 24th 1973 it's written by bernard dilbert larry gelbart and lawrence marks and directed by the always dependable jackie cooper Almost the entire staff of the 477th is sick with the flu, including Trapper and Henry. Wounded arrive, so there's only Hawkeye and Frank to tend to them, but the flu eventually claims Frank too, leaving Hawkeye all alone. Wounded keep arriving, and in the few moments he has, Hawkeye calls HQ to try and get them to send help, but they are no help. Hot Lips insists on taking command of the camp, and people like Radar and Father Mulcahy are drafted into assisting with nursing duties, making the sessions in OR a shambles. Margaret and the other nurses try to cover some of the procedures, but they can only do so much. HQ then sends a serum to prevent the flu, and Hawkeye and Hot Lips give it to each other, Hawkeye insisting he get his shot in his backside, embarrassing both Hot Lips and Radar. After getting it, Hawkeye promptly gets the flu. But being the only doctor in camp that is uh, standing up straight, he can't let himself be out of the game, so he continues working. After one more grueling session at war, Trapper, Henry, and Frank are back to normal, where they can finally tend to Hawkeye, now sick in bed, also with the help of Dr. Radar O'Reilly. So, all right, <laughs> Nicholas, uh, what do you think of this one? I, uh, I watched it last night, and I was thinking, man, Hawkeye's a real jerk in, in a lot of this episode. But, uh, but I watched it again this afternoon, and I'm... I'm moderating my opinion there. Um, a lot of pressure here. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, we see, uh, I guess you could call it courage under fire. You know, he just really steps up to the plate, um, you know, runs the show, even though he, he's got no help. And that's, that's got to push you uh, to the breaking point stress wise. And, you know, and, you know, it's only a matter of time before he gets sick too. There's a lot of, boy, he gets a, a Maybe he's at his most lecherous with, with uh, Hot Lips in this episode, uh, the, 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 as far as uh, episodes we've uh, seen so far. And uh, but uh, yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of good stuff. We've talked about in, in previous episodes this season and in the first season that, of course, as the show progressed, uh, Alan Alda's Hawkeye got pushed more and more to the front, where he became really ostensibly the main character. And this is another one where. You know, Trapper is sidelined for Hawkeye to get all of the action, and you always have to wonder, you know, was this, were these the scripts that when they came in, Wayne Rogers read and rolled his eyes and was kind of like, all right, you know, this is, because he basically is in bed the whole episode. He doesn't get a whole lot else 
to do. Uh, I agree that Hawkeye is pretty lecherous here with with Margaret, but nevertheless, he Margaret is such a strong character, and maybe I'm maybe I'm making apologies for Mash that I shouldn't. But Margaret is to me so dominant and so strong, partly for the performance of Loretta Swit, partly for the writing, that even though he is being a pig to her and he's probably violating several laws at this point. It, yeah. I don't know. To me, it, I never take it seriously because I just think Margaret's so in command all the time that all of Hawkeye's come-ons are just immediately dismissed. And it's almost like he knows they're being dismissed. He knows he's not going to get anywhere. And he's doing it almost as to make her uncomfortable, which is not acceptable either. But it's – I don't know. I don't take it as seriously because Margaret's just kind of like just rolling with it. She's just like, yeah, whatever, and just moves on to the next thing. Well, I think it's – you know – she and Frank are so rigid and straight <laughs> and square. And I think it's, you know, Hawkeye is pulling double duty in this one because there's no trap to help him out here. Uh, they, they, you know, they, they throw all these ribs at, at, at the two of them all the time to just kind of try and break it up. Like, oh, can you loosen up? Right. Well, there's a great scene in this episode uh, that was always cut in syndication. Uh, that I only finally saw for the first time when I got the DVDs a bunch of years ago, where after Henry's put to bed and it's lit- and Frank is become sick, uh, and Margaret comes into the swamp and she's like, "Let's make things perfectly clear. I'm in charge." And Hawkeye's like, "Okay, fine." And then she keeps going. And she's like, yeah. you know, she's like, you need to realize you will not undermine my authority. I am in command here. He's like, yeah, I know. Okay. And then she just keeps going. And he says something like, you can't take yes for an answer. And I, I always thought that was one of the best scenes that Margaret ever got because it's such a great character moment that she herself cannot conceive of someone not wanting power. And so when Hawkeye is so clearly saying to her, I don't want to run the camp. You can run the camp. She doesn't believe him because she can't wrap herself around that. And I thought that's an that's a real great insight into her viewpoint of the world. And I just love that scene. And I'm so frustrated that I never saw it up until like 15 years ago because the, whoever cuts these things for syndication deemed that scene not worthy. But to me, it's like one of the best Margaret scenes she ever got. It's very good. And I think you uh, you underline some some a very important thing here. It's Type A personalities mm-hmm. can't imagine why somebody else, why everyone else isn't like them, isn't super competitive, right. doesn't want to be in, in charge, doesn't want all the responsibility. But it's a, you're right, it's a very good scene. Yeah, I, 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 and, uh, yeah, I mean, Alan Alda and Loretta Swit obviously had a great rhythm with each other, and I just, I don't know, I just, it, it, it's, a, it's a funny scene, but it, to me, it's a, such a great character piece, and, and it was a, sort of startling to watch, and I love that. It's sort of funny that in, in later episodes of the series, um, Margaret was never put in charge of the camp, ever, uh, and which is weird. I mean, there's that later episode where Hawkeye's put in charge because Winchester is sick and Potter has to leave. And I don't know whether – I guess that was a thing that because she was a woman, she couldn't run the camp. Probably. I guess. And But I like hear that it's like, well, there's literally nobody else to run this camp. So Margaret's going to take charge. And I like that. And, of course, you would want Margaret running the camp. You would, like, I mean, you know, Hawkeye's going to do all the medical stuff, and she even says that. She's like, I wouldn't presume to tell you how to handle the, the medical side of things. But I would want Margaret running things because she's going to make it run pretty right. I mean, we, in fact, we see her later on, and she's furiously typing away, like, at some report. And you're like, she's probably going to run yeah. the place really well because she's, she's good at this stuff. Well, yeah, no, she's a very serious, capable officer. Yeah. And 
although everyone's trying to take her down a peg all the time because she's so square, she's good at her job. Yeah, yeah, she's... she's... And, uh, come on, guys, <laughs> you know, like... You know, you can be like Frank and fail upwards, you know, like 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 people often do. But uh, Margaret's kind of deserving of it. I mean, and especially as the series goes on and she loosens up a little bit, you know, after Frank is gone and kind of becomes more of more a part of the gang, you know, uh, mm-hmm. with with uh, and BJ. Yeah, no, I love that. that whole that whole bit is fantastic. And uh, something else in this episode that I always wonder about, and and I don't know whether this really happened in real life and real mashed units, but like. You know, we have these scenes of Radar and Father Mulcahy helping out with patients, like literally being nursing, doing nursing work. And I like that must violate some law, right? You can't just have people with no medical training working on patients. Uh, I mean, I'm guessing things get done in an emergency, you know, medical unit that aren't really official. But that to me is always sort of terrifying that you would allow Radar anywhere near a patient handing over implements like that just seems terrified to me well i mean what are they gonna do let these guys die it's, I, right i guess so war. yeah 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 it's a war it's like they're not doing it. they're like you know they're scrubbed up they're sterile they're handing hawkeye instruments or they're holding a pressure on a thing it's the least that they can possibly do this is something that they can just take simple instruction and do um, I, I guess so yeah I, I mean you know when when the bombs are going off all around you i mean not thankfully not by the 4077 but you know what i mean right uh i in in these kinds of situations you know yeah yeah right i guess as i said i would imagine in any any port in a storm in, a, in an emergency like this there's no i noticed there's no clinger in this episode uh, which is a no. little a little strange, considering that you know half the cast is sidelined in bed, that they didn't make room for for Jamie Farr. Maybe he was off busy doing something else. I don't know. But he just we never see him here. Uh, the scene. Uh, well, we do meet a, a, a new character, uh, Nurse Anderson, played by Lynette Meddy. And Lynette Meddy had been on the show in the first season, playing yeah. playing another nurse. Uh, in fact, one of the nurses that Hawkeye was relatively quote unquote serious. With, but here she's playing a brand new character, and this is the only episode where she will be in MASH as this character. She will later come back yet again playing yet another nurse, but here, <laughs> this is her one and only appearance as uh, Nurse Anderson, and Hawkeye uh, recommends that uh, she let Trapper grab her because he needs the exercise. So, uh, again, right. <laughs> another Ow. another bit of nonsense that the nurses had to put up with back then. Right. Right. Um, I like uh, Lynette, uh, what is it? Lynette Meddy. Meddy. I like her. I, I always enjoy when she shows up on MASH. Uh, I, I don't understand why she just isn't a recurring character. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, that, that seems kind of silly. As far as the Klinger thing, I mean, maybe they just didn't want to do a... This is a pretty ser- fairly serious episode, like mm. with, with most of the plot. Maybe they didn't want to do a gag where Klinger's in on a cot in a petticoat, mm. uh, you know, trying to get his uh, Section 8. Maybe there was just no room for that. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I mean, I, he was not a, a regular at this point, so maybe the writers didn't feel any, you know, need to have him in every week at this point. The scene in the in the OR where Hawkeye is overloaded, where he tells Margaret, "Close this patient," or you "No, know, work on," you know. I'll close, but, you know, you do some other stuff and work on this other thing. And everybody starts screaming at Hawkeye. Uh, and, and that is genuinely terrifying uh, because they and, – and this was directed by Jackie Cooper who did like a thousand episodes of MASH. This is 
really well done by him because you really do get a sense of the chaos and how terrifying it would have to be knowing that somebody, you know, another table over is screaming, hey, you have to come over here. This patient has to be closed, but you're you're doing something else at the moment. Like it, it's really intense and it almost it's a little bit of a cheat because it's an it's an act break. And it ends with, with uh, Hawkeye saying, uh, my kingdom for an intelligent octopus, which is just a, a silly line to go out on. But it's a, it's a, to me, it's a real gut punch of a scene because it's, it's terrifying. You know that somebody could die because Hawkeye's so overloaded. And that's really, that's really scary. Yeah, you know, and also cross-contamination. Mm. Um, I'm sure he's changed gloves every time he's got to touch a new person. But what if in the rush of the moment he forgets? Yeah. Yeah, Ooh, you know. Yeah, it's... Never mind. Also, the flu is in there. What if somebody gets the flu and dies while they're healing, healing up in post-op from surgery? Because yeah. they're so, you know. And I'm sure crap like that happened. I probably, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 yeah. it's it's. It, it, but uh, yeah, I think Jackie Cooper, Perry White himself, Perry White, yeah, directing this. Yeah, this this episode was uh, written by Bernard Dilbert. This is he only did one other mash, and he did a Benson in Love Sydney. He didn't have much of a TV writing career; only has a handful of credits, which is too bad because I think this one is really good. You know, I always wonder about this, like why we I'll talk about this. Uh, we talked about this on the Sniper episode, like why when a writer does a really good job, presumably they they don't hardly ever get invited back. That seems so strange to me. I mean, I know that Larry Gelbart in these early seasons was doing the lion's share of the work. But you would think you would need help, and I don't know. Maybe this episode wasn't perceived as that great or something, or maybe Bernard Dilbert wasn't interested. I don't know. But I'm always sort of curious how you can, like, do one or two mashes, do them pretty well, and then just never be seen again. Well, and, and you say they didn't have uh, a lot of other writing credits? No, we only had a handful, really, out of uh, you know, some 70s and 80s, and that was pretty much it. So, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I mean, not every Hollywood career lasts, obviously. Well, and you know what? I think a lot of guys, like... They write for Hollywood, but maybe they're just doing things on spec and something gets picked up because they need an episode here and there on on this series or that. And a lot of people, maybe they're just kind of like their their writing career just kind of stays down there uh, on that, that lower tier, you know? Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, um, I, I would think you know, that. I mean, I think that that's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably something like that. Yeah, so, I, w- I would think that if you... Or, or were a writer, uh, and, you, and you're like, hey, I wrote a mash. Like, you, you know, hit the big time or something. But, uh, you know, uh, the scene in the in Henry's office where Margaret gives Hawkeye his shot is, of course, incredibly unprofessional. But it is also one of the classic scenes from the series where Hawkeye is just being such a, a dick, uh, making Margaret give him the well, shot. he's so impish. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I love when when radar pops in, oh. and and that oh gosh, you know, like the Oshucks radar stuff. Uh, I think that was done really well here. Uh, uh, it's fun. It's yeah. fun. It's it's wonderfully staged too, because it's the way you've got Margaret behind Hawkeye, and then there's this little space right for the door to open for for Raider's head to pop in. So it's perfectly blocked. It's like it's a really wonderfully, you know, oh. he has that really, oh, and then he turns right around and then of course Hawkeye has that raucous laugh. Alan Alda was one of the great laughers on television. I think like it seemed genuine. And then that's when Margaret sticks him with the needle and jams it in and and Alan Alda manages to to go from huge laughter to screaming agony all in one breath, which is just fantastic. Yeah. I, you know, I love Alan Alda, and Hawkeye's a wonderful character. I just, I, I so much that that 
they they would have allowed a little more focus for Trapper because he's such a good character and uh, he's, he's so underutilized. Mm-hmm. And I mean, no wonder Wayne Rogers had enough by season three. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's too bad. I mean, as much as I love uh, BJ Honeycutt, I would have been fine with Trap uh, be, being on eleven seasons of Mash. Are you kidding? Hmm. Yeah, I said it. it's it's we'll we'll never know. But I guess these writers just kept leaning on Alan Alda because he was delivering, you know. But uh, yeah, if I was Wayne Rogers, I'd be like, geez, I'm in bed this whole episode. I mean, at the very least, even the other doctors, uh, Henry and Frank, get more to do than Trapper. We have the scene with Frank where we find out that the not only is he cheating on his wife with Margaret, he's cheating on his wife with his secretary. Uh, Margaret, yeah. Margaret learns that. So Frank sleeps around a lot for for a guy who seems to have no game at all. Uh, he, he 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 gets a lot of action. Uh, I guess he's just such a yeah, sleazeball he's, he's, that he, he's able to somehow pull this off. Uh, and you know, and it's 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 weird because you would think like, what what would any woman see in this weasel? You're right. Yep. Uh, yep. But he's a doctor. He comes from old money, kind of. I think there are people in this world who are drawn to status, and and Margaret certainly is, as you right. you described her as a. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Bit of a star fucker in the past. She, she is. She absolutely, literally, yeah. Li- literally. Yeah. So, my, yeah, we've learned that Frank sleeps around a lot. He gets a, a very memorable line where he says, my nose feels like it weighs five pounds, which is just very grotesque and sort of very f- funny in its own way. I love the, the scene with Henry where he shows up back into his office and he is, he's, uh, of course, still very, very sick, but he is uh, worried that... Uh, that uh, Hawkeye and Margaret are, are stealing his power base from under him, and I love that he says, uh, "You're trying to st- you're trying to take my uh, my my chair. That's what that's double indemnity. That's what that is." I just love that. It's just, just gibberish. Um, yeah. And I also there's a regarding the double indemnity line. I mean, that's a movie reference. This yeah. this thing is loaded with Hawkeye making movie references. I mean, to oh the, my gosh, he he basically no, he, he he calls some. Um, uh, he basically calls um, uh, Colonel Blake Andy Devine. Yeah. And, and <laughs> Which it, is hilarious. It goes on to the point where even Margaret finally says, why do you talk like that? And he says, we're the movie generation. And I think about, like, this is, like, this is reference humor before reference humor was a thing. I mean, this is Hawkeye dropping all he mentions, Betty Davis and George Brent at one point. I mean, like, you didn't really see people talk like that in television. And I, I mean, I think that was one of the things that endeared me to Hawkeye because I talk like that. I drop in these references and stuff like that. And so it was fun to watch, like, kind of a a grown man, a a doctor, uh, talk like this. It's really, really funny. So I, I love all that stuff. And this is... This episode has, like, the most of that. Yeah. I've always enjoyed that. I, I, I love I, – the show is uh, – Pioneer was ahead of his time in doing the reference humor because now it is ubiquitous in our culture. Yeah. But in the 1970s, very fresh, very new. Um, I dig it, man. Yeah. And, it's, and think about it, This is a time nobody could look all this stuff up. You know, there's no there's no IMDb for you to so you have to just kind of know all this stuff or uh, you know, look it up in a book or something. I mean, you know, if you're a kid in 1973, you're like, who the hell's Andy Devine? I don't know who that is. You'd have to go you know, ask your parents who Andy Devine is. So uh, it's a it's it's a really fun episode. And the title I should mention, as I said, it's called Carry On Hawkeye. And for people who don't exactly know what that means, it's a reference to a British film series. 
which consisted of 31 films and a, and a TV special and a TV series uh, that started actually in 1958. So time-wise, this episode takes place before that. But, of course, the, ep- the title of the episode isn't uh, referenced in the show itself. And the, for anyone who's never seen them, the Carry On series is kind of somewhat Benny Hill-type body humor. Uh, kind of okay. a, a lot of uh, men chasing women around and, and stuff like that. And, and there was like carry-on nurse, carry-on doctor, carry-on admiral, carry-on navy. It was, it was I, think, I don't think they were consistent characters throughout these films, but it was this style of humor. And I think it was very popular in Britain and kind of knew what you were getting. Like it was this kind of slightly racy kind of thing, for at least for, for 1950s level humor. But that's what the reference is. That's why it's called carry-on Hawkeye. Even though, of course... Uh, you know, Hawkeye doesn't really ever get to sleep with anybody in this episode. He tries, but he does, he doesn't ever get anywhere. So, uh, but it's that, certainly full of body jokes. Yeah, so right. I, it is full of body jokes. And, and speaking of which, speaking of body jokes, uh, I want to ask you: What is your? Do you have a favorite joke from this episode? Oh gosh, uh, uh, <laughs> boy, I'm sorry, Rob. I'm on the spot with that one. Well, I will do mine. You can, okay, you can think you. of one, and then I'll, t- I'll talk slow. Okay, uh, the, okay. the one I'm thinking of is when Hot Lips goes into the tent, uh, goes into the swamp, and she starts looking. She says she asks where Frank's Bible is, and Hawkeye points to a shelf and says, oh. it's underneath the catalog from the Japanese sex shop. And then Margaret protests, like, oh, that's ridiculous. And he adds, you'll find a page creased in the inflatable section, patch kits included. I'm like, that's a filthy joke, and it is. And it was like like the scene I mentioned at the top of the episode. That that joke was always cut in syndication, so I didn't see it until I got the DVDs. And I'm still a little shocked that they got that one by. To, to, to make a suggestion that Frank is is having sex with an inflatable sex doll, I'm like, that's pretty out there for a 1973 broadcast TV series. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um- Okay, so I've got one. It's maybe not necessarily like a joke joke line, but go It doesn't always have to be a joke. It can just be your favorite line. When Hawkeye realizes he has the flu, and he and Margaret are about to go into the OR, they're about to scrub up and go to the R, and he says to her, you remember all those nasty things I've said to you and all those terrible jokes that I've done, you know, and so on. I'm butchering the line, but, and she says yes, and what he says I'd like to get well so I can do them all over again. Right. <laughs> and then when she turns and smiles, I love that moment. It's sweet. It's a nice moment. I mean, it's, it's Hawkeye being Hawkeye, it is. but it's also another, very sweet. They have another sweet moment later, um, like, in the OR, and I think it's really good. It's really good. You know, when he says she's a, a, a great nurse, a, a good friend, and an all-around good egg or something like that. That was a really nice line. That's right. And she says he's very sick. Like, she tries to even kind of cover for him. Yeah, that's it. This is a, a great two-hander between Alan Alda and Loretta Swit. I mean, they had amazing chemistry. And, of course, they were the two characters that lasted through the series for all 11 years. So, yeah, that, that is great. It's funny you mentioned the, the line where he says, I like to get sick and do them all over again. That shot of him in front of the OR door where he's smirking. That was the shot that was always used on my local TV station for their little bumpers where they would say, coming up after the Brady Bunch, MASH at 6 o'clock. That was the picture they showed. Was that, uh, was that shot of Hawkeye with a smirk on his face looking at Margaret? That was, and that shot to me is forever in my brain as like, that's the shot of MASH. Because I saw that little bumper on my local Channel 29 station probably 40 billion times. So it was just, it was always that, that shot. 
See, this is an iconic episode. It is. It absolutely is. So, so this, let's carry on Hawkeye. It's a really solid show. It's fun. It, it's very specific to something in wartime, which is something I always like, where it's, you know, like, you can't get any help. Uh, what do you do when that happens? I mean, the, you know, the, the army is sending you more and more wounded, and they're not sending you any help, so what do you do? It's, a, it's, a, it's full of great moments, some great dramatic moments, uh, some great shots, courtesy of... Jackie Cooper, and again, some really great gags. So uh, that's going to do it for Carry On Hawkeye. So, Nicholas, thank you for, for coming in. I really appreciate it. It's always fun talking to you. Uh, where can people find you on the Internet? Well, you can find me and my show, Comic Reflections, uh, wherever you find your podcasts. And uh, I'm still working on the project of, uh, of um, backing everything up on YouTube. A lot of that material is there as well. All right, very cool. So we'll always have that link in the show notes, everybody. Thanks, uh, again, thanks, everybody, for listening. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. And, of course, you can find all the back episodes of the show on the website, which is fireandwaterpodcast.com. There you can leave a comment. I really would appreciate that. And, of course, we're always talking MASH over on Twitter, which is at MASH477Cast. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And until next week, that is all. Day at the office? Just filling out the daily report. Add these. Pints of blood used, pints of blood needed, progress of cases reports, and on page six you'll find my resignation. If you skip every other word, you'll see it's also a suicide note.